Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hi, welcome back. This is going to be for John chapter 11. This is going to be the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Actually, this uh, miracle is actually going to be the ultimate miracle that Jesus performs that testifies of his divine sonship and that he was the Messiah, that he is the Messiah, the Son of God. All righty. Um, Lazarus raised from the dead, verse 1. Now a certain man was sick whose name was Lazarus of the town of Bethany. When Jesus went to Jerusalem, he usually went to Bethany. This was under two miles away from Jerusalem. And Mary, his sister, who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, lived with her sister Martha, in whose house her brother Lazarus was sick. It appears Martha owns the house, and Lazarus, who is critically ill, is living with them. Verse 3, Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Jesus is in Perea, which is to the east of the river Jordan, at least a score of miles away, perhaps more, but his whereabouts are known to the two sisters in Bethany. We cannot escape the conclusion that they kept in touch with each other as friends and intimates normally do. From the two sisters came this message. Perhaps this me- the messenger also said, It is urgent that you come immediately, for Lazarus lieth at the door of death. He cannot last much longer. Only you can heal him. The fact is, by that time Lazarus was dead, and his body lay in a tomb, which thing Jesus must have known by the power of inspiration. It would take one day for the messenger to travel from Bethany to Perea and find Jesus. Our Lord then remained two days, teaching and ministering among the people, without apparent concern for his beloved friend. It took him another day to reach the Judean town, and when he finally arrived, Lazarus had lain four days in the grave. And that was by Bruce R. McConkie. So he's doing this on purpose. Verse 4, And when Jesus heard he was sick, he said, This sickness is not unto death, for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Jesus tarried two days after he heard that Lazarus was sick in the same place where he was. The custom among the Jews was to bury their deceased on the same day of death. They held a superstition that the spirit lingered around the body for three days and then departed on the fourth day. Jesus was very familiar with their beliefs, and he therefore delayed his arrival in Bethany until Lazarus had been in the grave for four days. In that way, there would be no question about the miracle he was to perform. That was by President Benson. Verse 7. After that he said unto his disciples, Let us go to Judea, into Judea again. But his disciples said unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. In other words, though it be the eleventh hour of my life, yet there are twelve hours in the day, and during that designated period I shall do the work appointed me without stumbling or faltering. That was by Elder McConkie. Verse 11. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. In other words, be cured. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of, of rest in sleep. Then said Jesus, boy, these disciples um, just don't get it, do they? 
They're just simple, simple folk, I guess. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, to the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go, go, that we may die with him. For they feared lest the Jews should take Jesus and put him to death, for as yet they did not understand the power of God. Thomas is showing great courage here to be willing to die with Jesus. Verse 17, And when Jesus came to Bethany, to Martha's house, Lazarus had already been in the grave four days. Elder McConkie, the Jews, the term of four days had special significance. It was the popular belief among them that the, by the fourth day, the spirit had finally and irrevocably departed from the vicinity of the corpse so that decomposition could go on apace. This same concept is also taught in the Institute Manual where it's under the title and life and teachings of Jesus and his apostles, which reads, when Jesus and his apostles arrived, Lazarus's body had already lain in the tomb for four days. The Jews entertained the common belief that the, that the spirit of the deceased lingered around the body for three days, hoping to be able to enter it, it, it once again. After that, decay began to set in and the spirit departed forever. Jesus may have had this belief in mind in waiting four days to restore Lazarus to life. In his subsequent work, The Mortal Messiah, Elder McConkie wrote the following, After four days, according to the Jewish tradition, the spirit no longer remained near the, near the erstwhile tenement, and the uninhabited corpse was considered as the dust of the earth. Russell M. Nelson, in his book Perfection Pending and Other Favorite Discourses, in the chapter entitled Why This Holy Land, wrote, There is great significance to the four-day interval between the death of Lazarus and his being called forth alive from the tomb. A portion of that significance was that, according to some Jewish traditions, it took four days before the spirit finally and irrevocably departed from the body of the deceased person so that decomposition could then proceed. <clears throat> Verse 18, Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs. This is about uh, 185 meters off, according to this uh, the description of what a furlong is. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them, concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Her faith was perfect in Christ. Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. <clears throat> in other words, when he says, I am the resurrection, he says, I will bring immortality, physical life. I am the life. I will bring eternal life, spiritual life. His work and glory is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. He was setting the stage so as to dramatize for all for all time, one of his greatest teachings, that he was the resurrection and the life, that immortality and eternal life came by him, and that those who believed and obeyed his words should never die spiritually. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die, believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then which were with her in the house and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. When they, 
Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. It's apparent from the similar comments that Mary and Martha had both spoken of this fact that if Jesus had been there when Lazarus first came or became ill, he would not have died. Matthew Cowley said it was to the woman that he addressed the words which could have been uttered only by a divine personage. Here it was witnessed by the women a miracle which was performed by one who had that at his disposal the power of an omnipotent being. Here was made manifest to them the power of the Redeemer to restore mortal life to the dead. But even greater and certainly more important than this miraculous manifestation which they beheld was the resurrection of the Son of God himself, which the women were to be the first to witness. The redemption of a personage from mortality to immortality was to be the resurrection of him who had the power not only to lay down his own life, but also to take it up again. Verse 33, When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Why did Jesus weep? It was not because Lazarus was dead, because he was about to raise him from the dead. It was not because Mary and Martha mourned, because he was about to turn their sorrow into joy. He wept because the Jews who would witness this miracle would still not believe. Jesus knows that the leaders of the Jews will hate him even more for performing this miracle. The Jews will not only try to kill Jesus, but Lazarus also. Verse 36, Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. It may be that John is telling us that Jesus was troubled in spirit because of the artificial wailings of the paid mourners, or the rebellion that he saw in the hearts of many who were present, or that his reaction was one of pure love and tenderness toward the two sisters and their their now seemingly lost Lazarus. That was by Bruce R. McConkie. Verse 39, Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. To seal the truth of the doctrine he has just taught, that through him comes resurrection and life, Jesus commanded that the stone be rolled away. Martha, being the eldest living relative of Lazarus, was legally the only one who could authorize the rolling away of the stone. Verse 40, Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God? Martha gives permission then for the stone to be rolled away. Then they took away the stone from the place where the stone where the dead was laid, And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. This miracle is going to prove that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the promised one. None but the Son of God could do what he is about to do. He had prayed and struggled and prepared for this moment, and the Father whose power he held had granted his pleas. That was again by Brother McConkie. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And so he says to us today, come forth from the despair of doubt. Come forth from the sorrow of sin. Come forth from the death of disbelief. Come forth to a newness of life. Come forth. That was by Thomas S. Monson. Verse 44, And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave's clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. One wonders why this beloved friend of Jesus was not chosen as one of the twelve. 
One answer is that he may have been, at a later time, filling a vacancy caused by the martyrdom of one of the original special witnesses, or Lazarus may have been one of the seventy, or his may have been a special work that would heap upon him respect and renown in all ages, as is the case with many of the Lord's valiant servants today, who serve neither in the twelve nor among the seventy. Tradition also states that Lazarus lived about another thirty years and then died of natural causes. Verse forty five Then many of the Jews which came with to Mary and had been the th- and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him, but some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. In this manner our Saviour left his Jewish unbelievers without excuse for rejecting him as the Son of God. He had clearly and effectively demonstrated his divinity in a manner which could not be controverted. No question as to the actual death of Lazarus could be raised, for his demise had been witnessed, his body had been prepared and buried in the usual way, and he had lain in the grave four days. At the tomb, when he had called forth, there were many witnesses, some of them prominent Jews, many of whom were unfriendly to Jesus and who would have readily denied the miracle had they been able to. Jesus, or God was glorified and, his, and the divinity of the Son of Man was vindicated on the, on the result, or as the result. That was by uh, James E. Talmadge. Verse 47, Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What shall we do? For this man doeth many miracles. Remember the parable of the rich man and the beggar Lazarus. Here is fulfillment of that parable. Even though someone would rise from the dead, they still would not believe. Again, that was by James E. Talmadge. Verse 48. If we let let him thus alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. And one of them, named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, Ye know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation perish not. This is the same principle that justified Nephi in killing Laban, but Caiaphas' statement was true. Jesus must die so that we won't perish. John solemnly avers that Caiaphas spake not of himself, but but by the spirit of prophecy, which in spite of his implied unworthiness came upon him by virtue of his office. That was by Talmadge. And this spake he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation. They also plotted the death, the, the death of Lazarus, as mentioned in John chapter 12. And not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Then from that day forth they took counsel together for to put him to death. This thing must be stopped even if it requires the death of a, of a god. Their dilemma was both religious and political. If this man's gospel is true, the day of Moses and the law is past, and we shall lose our prominence and power as rulers in Israel. The people will will rally round him as their Messiah and deliverer, and Rome will then destroy us with the sword. Regardless of anything, he must be destroyed, lest that nation be brought to ruin. That was by Bruce R. McConkie. Verse 54, Jesus therefore walked no more openly among the Jews, but went thence into a country near to the wilderness into a city called Ephraim. This is about 15 miles northeast of Jerusalem, and there continued with his disciples. Remember that the parable of Lazarus and the rich man, uh, anyway, that's what we, that's what uh, the parable had to do with. Okay, so uh, this is, uh, remember Jesus is now going to stay in Samaria. Uh, he's not in Galilee or in uh, Jerusalem, and he's going to stay there until the Passover. Um, and so let me read the next verse here, verse 55. And the Jews' Passover was nigh at hand, and many went out of the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Then sought they for Jesus, and spake among themselves as they stood in the temple, What think ye of Jesus? 
This is the question still asked of Jesus, what do we believe? Will he not come to the feast? Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a commandment that if any man knew where he was, he should show them that they might take him. In spite of the fact that the Pharisees put a price on Jesus' head, no one came forth with the information of his location. So anyway, Jesus is going to now come to the Passover, and this will be the last Passover. Uh, this will be beginning of the last week of Jesus' life. That's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.